0: You want to start with a little story, or is it like one of those big stories we gotta we gotta ease into? I think it's a little story.
1: Are we? Is this the show? Might as well be. Okay. Um, no, it's a it's a camel thing. <laughs> so I was working on what kind of camel. <laughs> well, the kind that has three humps because I was we say two humps three because humps? Camel released the three so it's three humps now.
0: What is Camel? Apache Camel. I should know what that is. It it's, sounds familiar.
1: It's the data integration. It's the um, integration that's framework that I've I, heard that of I it, work but with. I've never, never used it. So it's back of mind. How can you act like you, I haven't talked about Camel a thousand times on the show?
0: Cause that's where I've heard it from. Is okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: anyway, so I was working on integration and as a part of this, I had to do like a catch up. So integration's built, but I need to go, I need to set, I need to go back and like catch up all of this old data. Mm hmm. Uh, So, basically, we'll move data from in-between systems that goes way back in time. And there was this one, I think, data source that was like 150,000 records. And I was probably because of, you know, poor coding on my part, I would imagine. But I I was hitting a, um, sorry for smacking my lips. You got to thump me on the forehead or something. Flick some beer in my face every time. I'll throw (laughs) a cookie chrome at you. Okay. You throw a cookie. A coo- I'll that, take a
0: whole cookie. The, well, that's the reward. the <laughs> The least thump, the least crumbs you get thrown at you. That's the more cookies towards the end. Uh, okay, <laughs> I got to get close to the mic, don't I?
1: Uh probably. Um, what was I saying? So yeah, there's like a there's like 150,000 records, and first of all, they were. I mean, I'm using the Salesforce REST API to get these into Salesforce, and I think it. I think you have, unlike the SOAP API, where you have. I think it's 200. You can do 200 records per batch. With REST, it's 25, which is still pretty good so Not using bulk. Just REST. I'm not using bulk. That's a good point. Not using bulk. Um, just using REST, and but it does take advantage of. You can go up to 25 records per. Wow,
0: 25 records. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs>
1: I can't tell you. <laughs> Being an asshole or not? I'm being an asshole. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
0: just the mood I'm in right now.
1: Uh, anyway, so it, it's fine and everything except I, I end up hitting um, like a literally a stack overflow. By the way, have you had this problem? That's a yet? Cool name. I was gonna stack say, overflow. have you had this problem with it yet? Where you're like, oh, I'm hitting a stack overflow in camel. So you go Google camel stack, stack overflow, overflow. <laughs> and all it does is take you to the camel tag and stack overflow. Yeah, you cannot find stack overflow problems, right? Like stack overflow error problems. It's impossible. If you put it in quotes, does it? change the if you put so the actual exception and I think a job is stack overflow error and if you put that in quotes I think it helps some <laughs> yeah even if you quote stack overflow you still get stack overflow but yeah I think I was doing something dumb what what caused this and, and also because it was a large number of records um, and I was doing that I'm doing a fairly complex which is one of the great things you camel you can just it's so ridiculously powerful um, but I was splitting the records up And then I was doing like all this custom aggregation. So, you know, I might have to aggregate a list of 25 of these kind of things. And I have another aggregator for a list of other things. And they'll just, whenever those aggregators hit their limits or however you define that can be time-based, could be number of records based, all kinds of things. Then that aggregator will then release that batch and do whatever. So you can have all this really crazy logic on what comes in, how these things all aggregate. And then they kind of like an octopus, they all kind of shoot out at different places at different times and with different logic. It's really amazing. I mean, you can write some, if you need to, like really efficient and um, interesting stuff. Hmm. But uh, this was not that interesting. It's basically just aggregating up to 25 records and then releasing them. So it would do an upsurge in a Salesforce, but I was still hitting the stack overflow problem. And I could have changed some stuff to fix it. It was probably a, a bug on my part, but the easiest way to fix it was to put my aggregator in parallel mode. So by default... When that aggregator fills up, in this case, I have defined it filling up, meaning it's got 25 records. So when it fills up, it then will do whatever's downstream from it, which is calling an upstart to Salesforce. Hmm. But by default, that runs kind of serially. So while it's calling up to Salesforce, it's kind of everything else pauses or whatever. And then when it's done, it has a return value and everything, and it sends that back upstream. And the upstream thing can continue and then continue filling the aggregator back up with 25 more records again if you put it in parallel mode, by the way, all I have to do is like, because there's a nice, it's got a nice DSL. You just, it's like dot parallel processing. All you mm-hmm. got to do, because by default, it gives you a thread pool of 10 threads. I mean, you can, you actually, you could provide your own thread pool if you want or change the number of threads or whatever, but by default, it's 10. And so I just left it on that and I ran it. First of all, it fixed the stack overflow problem, problem. but also, and I'm watching it because I'm tailing the log and I'm watching this thing. It shot. And by the way, if anyone, any Salesforce employees listening right now, just plug your ears, because <laughs> it was ten threads. And again, with this one little itty bitty line, this one little method called parallel were, processing. Too
0: short lived to get killed. It, yeah, yeah, it took about,
1: I don't know, I think it was like two minutes, and it, it, it jammed in 150,000 records in like two minutes in the Salesforce. Oh wow! But and mm-hmm. I've never really done much parallel because parallel scares me because multi-threading is hard.
0: Um, well, and Salesforce, is my mic on? Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, you, you must be having headphone problems. Am I? Hello, hello, hello. hello. Oh, yeah, I am having headphones. Yeah, so just jack with that hello. or
1: something if you need
0: Which? What is it? It's your mom.
1: Oh, that, oh the jack away. wasn't all
0: the way in. Oh, no, it wasn't. Well, quit jacking around. Well, it's in now. That's why I had that weird... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I thought okay. I was stereo when it wasn't. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so I solved two problems. One is I got all those records in really fast because I needed to do that catch-up. But also I realized how incredibly easy it is to do parallel stuff with Camel. And... And you got to watch out because, first of all, like in I had some custom aggregation code that builds up that that list, um, and I had to just make it a synchronized list instead of a. I had to make that thread safe, mm. so I did right. that. Um, but that was that's just super easy though. Um, in this case, it was really it really simple to make it thread safe, um, which is that's why I don't do parallel. I found, most I feel of the time, like
0: you're glossing over so many details when you say. It was easy to make a thread. No, it was, it was literally
1: one call. It's Collections. dot and you pass in your list to it. Because well, Camel right. made it easy. No, no, it was Java. That's
0: Java. Oh, Just Java. Java thing. Okay. Yeah,
1: this is basic Java uh, concurrency
0: things. You know, modern tools have gotten really great at making multi-threading and parallel programming, async programming, a lot easier than it used to be. I mean, to the point where it's almost foolproof and and dangerous because it's so easy
1: uh, it's, it's foolproof until it's not and it's, that's, and which is what makes it dangerous and then you right. need people who are actually much smarter than me that can actually figure these things out yeah. Just, which is why I generally avoid uh, parallelism and concurrency which are actually two different things but I avoid both of them usually right. <laughs> now I mean I don't know in, in this case it made a lot of sense because when at the point the aggregator fills up and then wants to send the upsert off I don't have any logic based on the results of those. I mean, the only logic I have is if if you don't get a something in the three hundred range back for an HTTP response, mm-hmm. then it just logs it to the to log output. That's the only logic. So, oh, well, that makes it. So, easier. yeah, nothing so has nothing nothing has to thing. be reported back upstream. To change. Yeah, exactly. It's a fire and forget. So, why not just parallel it, parallelize those? Right. And then, and after that worked just swimmingly well. I'm like, why don't I parallelize a lot of this stuff?
0: <laughs> I wonder sometimes if I'm too defensive when I program because I. I almost assume that every situation is going to have errors to the point where I'm a little too defensive and my architecture either really gets really complex, overly complex, or I just won't do the easy thing because I'm just afraid it's going to break and I'm going to suffer the consequences later.
1: Another thing is we're, we also have a jitter bit integration going on. and I'm sorry. God, it reminded me. I mean, because I I had to peek into it the other day. Just to, I just want to look at some things and was trying to...
0: Yeah, I don't know why kind people in, like in, a, in a futile so much. manner. I don't I was...
1: like Jitterbit. Uh, it is not good. I do not recommend Jitterbit. I
0: do, I, maybe because it was open source or free or whatever. I don't think it ever was. Was it? Yeah, Are you it thinking was. of Talend? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking Talend. No, Jitterbit has a free open source one as well.
1: You know, funny thing about Talend is they've got some legit stuff um, that's pretty interesting. Whereas Jitterbit is just. I feel like Jetterbit just has the model of it's. It's an okay product. I mean, like, technically, you can do you know enterprise integration stuff, and they probably have a big sales force where they're well, just selling really hard. Is
0: kind of when you're talking old school technologies like Informatica and stuff. So first of all, the tool is an
1: Eclipse-based, yeah, quote unquote IDE,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just everything about it is just it's so hard. And and this this is a great example of how because it's very draggy, droppy. You know, it's 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 shit as an developer. You know. It integration is, but not in a good way, and I, exactly I mean, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, give me give me an hour with someone who's not even really a coder. It's like, and I will have them doing much better stuff in Camel or any handful of things. That's that, that that's going to be way more powerful, and just it's going to work better. It's going to be more
0: monitorable and, and deployable and understandable. I mean, just I don't know. Well, I think there's a, I mean just like anything, I, th- I think code is far more expressive and it's far more easy to understand if, if the person that's writing it makes it that
1: yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, again, it goes back to the right tool for the job. That's why if we're all being honest with ourselves, it's usually important to use the right tool for the job. It's, it's when we aren't honest about what the right tool for the job is where things start to go sideways. When, well, when, th- when, when our dogma, our corporate dogma is
0: this draggy-droppy thing or this code thing or whatever. It's like, yeah. forget all that, man. Well, it is this a double sword because I think I will default to code more than I should. However, every time I've, I've caught myself and said, you know what? I can do this in a, in a process builder. I can do this in a flow. I end up wishing I had just done it in code. I don't know. Maybe it's just the situations no, I'm in, but
1: anytime I code, make code it, is I'm very transparent. Text editors are really good. Uh, version control works really well with text especially text that is written by a human that's meant to be version control you know it just yeah I mean there's a lot of benefits but I mean if uh, again it's and right tool for the job also to I mean part of the inputs into that kind of algorithm are who might be working on this who do you have
0: you know if you don't have any coders then okay so right tool for the job is probably not code right and you know I think I think to the uh Complement of some of these super admins out there because I, I, I want to differentiate an admin from someone who's messing with these tools and making some pretty complex stuff. They, like Jody M. Sure. That's, she's like a power admin. You yeah. know, she's like, I mean, I've, I've seen some in there flows and do that some, that I'm like, yeah. I didn't know you could do that and that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I would have preferred to written that in code but that's pretty awesome you did that declaratively. You're right. Um, and I've seen some formulas that were pretty crazy and, you know, I've, in some ways I, it's hard pressed to replicate in code which sounds weird but just the way they were able to kind of our formulas represent code, John, things
1: is for our formulas code i don't
0: i don't see them as code
1: if you're writing your process builders directly um, with the xml and metadata is that code
0: no no okay I think it's not code okay still you're still working within that framework and still a declarative, sure. you know, declarative framework declarative okay. framework and when you write apex you're not working within a framework well, define framework thing.
1: I'll let you define framework. We're saying is is that a potential yes to that question?
0: No, I still think okay. I still think.
1: oh God, man, you're really making this hard. I, what I'm here's here's. Uh, thank you, because my point is is this is a continuum, yeah. and there are no clearly drawn lines here. And yeah, there's, I mean,
0: ultimately, we can say that everything good, gets compiled down to assembly at some point, or, or even worse, bytecode. Exactly, exactly, and. And there's no there's no there's not always a clear
1: right or wrong answer sometimes there's an, there's an answer that's uh, maybe sixty percent right and maybe there's another answer that's about fifty percent right and but there's different factors that go into those and you know probably you could choose either one of them and sometimes but sometimes there's an answer that's ninety percent right and there's an answer that's you know ninety percent wrong and so it's pretty clear in that case but a lot of times it's not super clear and it, it's very complicated and one of the more, more complicating factors is not the technology it's the human part yeah Yeah. All right. Well, that was my topic, John. Well, speaking of... Don't use Jitterbit. Because <laughs> they don't sponsor the show. <laughs> well, who does? No one. Do That's why sponsors? we get to make fun of everyone. <laughs> That's
0: right. No sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of learning and uh, admin stuff, uh, <laughs> I mean, the only reason I have this story on my docket is because I wanted to make a joke. And that was a, a while ago I made the joke that because... Trailhead went on mobile with Trailhead Go, which happened, I think, November of last year. Yeah. Um, but you can now get badges while taking a poop. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> do they, is, there a, is there a poop badge for that? Oh, that would be awesome. That, that, would, would. that would be. Yeah, I might go for that one. <laughs> but how do you confirm it? Just the honor, the honor system, please. <laughs> please, the honor system. That's a good point, yeah. As someone who's worked in a call center and has heard a toilet flush a number of times in my... In my career, uh, yeah. I was gonna say I know that you know these modern cell phones have all kinds of different sensors. Do they have odor sensors? I hope not. <laughs> What's funny about that is I don't blame people because our hold times were pretty long, so I'm happy they got the relief they needed so that we can concentrate on putting an order in. But uh, anyways, <laughs> so uh, Trailhead expands with a with their mobile app with chat, uh, and it made me think. Well, I hope you're not chatting with someone while they're pooping. So. <laughs> Uh, why do you chat while you trailhead I'm confused it's just part of getting help so you're taking a trail you can get help from the Ohana from the Ohana really Um, I don't know they should just they should just funnel all your messages right to the good day slack (laughs) so the announcement was part of the Sydney conference which I was it the Sydney conference yeah Sydney world tour announced oh they didn't cancel that I think that was virtual okay yeah there's no conferences anymore no (laughs) Which I don't... You know, how do you... Well, we'll, we'll talk about that because that's the point of the topics. But uh, I'll read the quote. Uh, Salesforce Trailhood Trailhead Live as a reinvented classroom for the digital world that provides learners with live-streamed and on-demand expert-led videos. Um, They're live? Yeah, so okay. there's, there's going to be live kind of instructor-led kind of training sessions where you can kind of log in and kind of take a class or whatever you want to do. And then there's also a chat feature along with it that will let you kind of ask questions and get feedback and all that kind of stuff. So... It's, it's pretty interesting. They're expanding the program to kind of be more virtualized and more interactive than, say, just getting on a computer, taking a bunch of badges, or in this case, getting on your phone and taking a bunch of badges. So it, It's interesting. Um, I think because of the proprietary nature of Trailhead, I kind of wondered how well it was going to do, but it seems like they're, they're really pushing forward with making it kind of this well-rounded uh, learning experience. Yeah, I mean, it's which I think uh, is a positive, I, I, given how big the system is and yeah. all the different things there are to learn and the things that are easy to forget. I mean, I, I wanted, I remember I talked about last week um, having a good experience with um, uh, partner support, which I'll talk about as well on one side of it. But one of the things they solved for me pretty quickly was I couldn't log into my org anymore, and it was because I was messing around with two factor authentication because I was trying to let Salesforce log in, but that. Because they were logging in with my account and my account required two-factor authentication, um, they were also having to get the authorization code for me. So we were trying to turn it off, and I'd forgotten that for some stupid reason I manipulated the the native standard uh, system admin profile to require two-factor authentication, mm-hmm. which meant you know whenever I disabled two-factor, well, incorrectly moved uh, two-factor authentication out of the high assurance bucket and into the standard bucket. I basically locked out my org. Um, so they fixed that, and then I realized I had to go change the profile. And we you had one that. job, John. But it was just one of those small things that I f- completely forgot about, and that setting is everywhere. I mean, manipulating two-factor authentication happens at your user record, at the profile record, or at the permission set record, um, at the session settings record, or your login off auth- settings, and then also... There's a few samples, single sign-on There's a few things you can tweak at the my domain level yeah, as well, right? And I'm just community, yeah. community involved. It's, it's down just there. crazy. Yep. So yep. I mean, it's 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 good that they have this type of thing because there are things that are really complex, and the way to manipulate or configure those settings is everywhere.
1: Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I don't do
0: the only authentication stuff. I do is just
1: single sign-on stuff.
0: I think I had done it at the time because I was trying to, not trying to. I was um, validating some things because I was doing some architecture work, and my developer org is kind of where I is my sandbox, but it's also my main org that I do for everything. And I think I enabled it at that point and forgot that I did it and forgot how I did it and all those kind of things. It was now top of mind.
1: Well, as with most things, this is, I feel like this is an opportunity opportunity for me to complain about something, which is that. Microsoft with active it's just something I just deal with on an ongoing basis but an active directory or I guess it's technically active directory federation services whatever the hell they call it Um, but you know they have it's pretty much the same concepts as everything else (laughs) no we're getting beer delivered again awesome good every time we record a podcast we get free beer delivered to us Uh, (laughs) what is that
0: oh it's peanut butter
1: oh I can smell it did you ask it for that no okay Smell it. I'm good. Okay. Smell I've, it here. I've had several. Peanut butter. I just probably, I probably had it. Oh, that's good. Is it good?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's really good.
1: <laughs> anyway, so Active Directory has, um, they have all these terms for things that are not the same terms that like that Samuel uses, because you know, not invented here. And and to be fair. I'm not I don't I'm not enough of an expert on the history of all these things. But maybe Active Directory already had these terms. And when SAML spec was created, you know, they kind of created new terms for them and and Microsoft just kinda mapped their terms to SAML terms. But I'm I am i am always trying to like, okay, what do they call like assertion attributes and say, oh yeah, those are like, you know, claim rules or I mean there's just all these different things. You know, and you always and, you know, there's uh, like I think Microsoft has this concept of a re- relying party and then SAML that's the service provider. You know it's like you have to just right. and I and you have to always remember who you're talking to. Are they a Microsoft person or are they just like a technology person?
0: Well, I rely heavily on the uh, button that says generate XML. So
1: oh yeah, you, I can import oh, sure. that
0: in because I that that mapping is is like you said it's it's tough to remember. That wor- actually that works well. That
1: whole um, SAML the metadata SAML metadata yeah. that that I mean, it's, well, at least between, like, Salesforce and Active Directory, which are probably the two most frequently used um, systems with right. SAML, it's, is Salesforce and Microsoft. That works. too I've never had a problem with that, unlike things like Wisdle, right, which is, like,
0: you always oh, yeah. have problems. <laughs> Spec gets interpreted different ways. Yep. Yeah, but identity is kind of one of those things that's really complex. I mean, even Microsoft, with all their tools and Azure and Active Directory, um, Office 365, I have to if I really want to manipulate the the login permissions for users to the Office 365 Office 365 (laughs) You Um, have a mental block. I do, every time I have to think (laughs) about saying it because I don't want to mess it up. Uh, I have to jump into a different part of the application or a different service or something like that to manipulate that and then if I screw that up it affects a bunch of stuff but it's really weird. You know, it doesn't get easier when you're talking about identity providers, systems, and I, I I'm are they considered microservices on their own or something? I don't know. Because mm. the, the identity provider technology itself is usually this isolated thing, and it sits outside of any, any other provisioning or onboarding mechanism. It's yeah. just this thing that identifies whether or not you're a user or not, right. and then it kind of passes things depending on what the situation is. Yep. So it ends up being this kind of whole separate system that, if you're not careful to abstract that from your users, you end up jumping to a whole new website with a whole new look and feel with a whole new set of options that you have to manipulate and know what to do with. It's kind of crazy. So I'm going to keep
1: going down this rat hole and complain more about identity, which is which is Salesforce's all of their identity and single sign-on around, like not only but uh, like especially Trailhead. Trailhead's a big one. But also some of these other things, like when you got to log into like... Um, well,
0: Trinidad uh, got and, better, right? Didn't
1: uh, I don't know. But like, some of, the, like some of these, users? like their events, Salesforce's events system. And, and like yeah. their, I mean, we have, we have a lot... Because people, the problem is at my company, like people are always contacting me saying, hey, I can't... This is keeps logging me in as this other person. I, I don't even get to see a login screen. And oh, it's
0: because it, 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 it whatever last your most you, recent... most recent session you logged in. There, there
1: must be some cookie in your browser. Because first yeah. of all, you got cookies for all kinds of especially if you're a consultant or, or, or if you're if you're active in success community, whatever they call it now, Trailblazer or something. You yeah. know, if you're active in a lot of these different things, I mean you've got you got cookies in a browser for all those different domains and subdomains, right? But there must also be a what did you most recently log into? that's, that's right. gotta be stored somewhere in your browser because yeah, there's a lot of things with Salesforce that when you go somewhere, it uses that whatever you logged into most recently. And a lot of times what you have to do is people, I mean, I'd be, I've done like screen shares with people that I can't, I can't figure it out. I'm like, only thing I can tell you to do is start you know, open an incognito browser or just clear all your cookies. I knew you were
0: going to say that, but that only works once. It works for that one session. If you that have one incognito and you open a new incognito with the same incognito, with the original incognito <laughs> open. I know. Do they, do
1: they share? Do they
0: share? Yes. Okay. They share because I've had that issue. Yeah because um, I'll have my normal browser especially when I'm trying to install an update to our application for a client I, have, um, I open the packaging environment so I can get the URL because yeah. I don't remember the URL then I log into that org under incognito but then I realize I need to log into something else to, ch- um, to our licensing management because I need to do something and then I log back in and now I'm, I'm in three orgs now and two of them are in the incognito because I thought I was being smart and it turns out it, it would log into the wrong one So it's always the last one within that context for some reason which makes me kind of iffy about how incognito incognito is it's pretty incognito but you'd have to understand
1: like maybe a a sub window of a window (laughs) I think
0: what it is is that it does get it's a whole new kind of I'm going to say playground or sandbox but within that sandbox any new windows share that those resources I mean, if you, but once if, you close that window those resources don't get, st- don't yeah, get if you
1: have any concern close it out Yeah. I'm, so
0: sure, all, you're, I'm like, sure you're it, an it, expert on this John you know what <laughs> I don't do that stuff very often
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I don't know what you think I'm talking about
0: uh, what, what was I talking about uh, I was talking to somebody online oh yeah that was awesome what was it It yeah it works <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's how you sell a beer.
1: Yeah. Free samples. It's the drug dealer model. <laughs> did you ever watch, um, what's the, what did I just watch? Uh, the Wire. No, I don't watch that. Yeah. I don't watch anything. No, that's, a, that's the whole show. It's from like, it was like 2000 through 2004. Was that the one with the... It, it was one of the original like HBO shows. Who's the lead in it. Um, God, is there a lead? Um, Dom, uh, what was the guy's name? Something like Dominic. Yeah, the British guy. Um,
0: okay, so it's not a female lead. I, I don't
1: even know if there is a lead actually. There's so many characters, oh. and also each season is—it's almost like an is an anthology. I can't remember. But Maybe it, no, it's not an anthology. It's really—it's that. It is a lot of the same characters from season to season, but each season is a like almost a totally new setting with a lot of the same characters. And then like a couple seasons later, some of the characters you hadn't seen since season one come back. So I don't yeah. know, it's kind of weird. Thank you, sir. Uh, but yeah, anyways, I mean, I mean, I, the thing is like, I mean, Salesforce, they have so many damn different systems and you know, they're obviously the their security is, you know, a top priority. So, I mean, at least they're not leaking stuff that we know of, right. And they're, it, you know, at least, you know, they're doing security, but it's just, I guess the downside of that is a lot of these things. I mean, gosh, when you click to log into any number of these things, like you can see it just like bounce you. I mean... From one thing to another, it's like bouncing you through all these authentication things, and then and yeah. then it turns up, you know, you're you're in there as the wrong user, so your profile's not there, and then you got to like,
0: gotta figure out, okay, how do I, how do I even log into this thing? Yeah, and that's that's, that's tough to manage. That's that's a tough problem to solve in general. I mean, I remember, I remember back in the day with our, um, well, this is a few lifetimes ago when we when I was part of a company that had an LMS, and there was a completely separate server that managed all the. The routing, so everyone would log into the same server, and they would get routed to the right server because everything was—it wasn't multi-tenant, but everything had their own server. Yet the identity, the oh, it's like the yeah. identity provider okay. had its own server,
1: right? It's like you know when you log into Salesforce, you go to login.salesforce.com, right. and then it routes you to the right pod, I guess. Right, okay. But that was back when, basically, when that server went down, everyone was screwed. But <laughs> right. yes, you ever seen the message when you log into Salesforce? What does it else even say? Like authentication servers unavailable or something yeah. like that?
0: Yeah. But I don't know what the answer is to that. That's just a tough problem to solve. You have to make your pros and con list, and you got to do work on all the trade-offs and, and commit to something. Yeah. It's just, it's a tough one. Yep. Um, I want to talk. I want to get this out of the way. I don't really want to talk too much about politics. I don't like politics on the show, but. Um, I have to because it was brought up in my notes and it made me read a Vox article, which pisses oh me God. off because I hate Vox. You got Vox-plained, John. I did. Um, cause it, it, I don't know if it's because I have this bias towards bo- vox, vox, vox that I feel like they're complaining about this when I think it Not should the, be a good no, thing. They're vox blaining. They're Vox-plaining. <laughs> but uh, the heading of the article is, uh, Tech billionaire Mark Benioff used to give millions to politicians. And then he bought Time magazine. So I feel like they're complaining that Benioff isn't... Um, isn't uh, endorsing any candidates or it, or like giving his money to people but uh, right. the gist of the article is that and i've been kind of curious because we were in this election cycle it's an election year you know where does where does benioff fall on all this um but apparently he's falling on neither side he's standing right in the middle um he, he's gone he's gone back to his you know not a Republican nor a democrat which is weird because I've, I've always thought he leaned more left well, than I, right but if he, in this, he said he used to be a Republican. <laughs> yeah, because if you
1: believe the stories, yeah. he's said that forever, that he used to be a Republican. Yeah. And then, you know, clearly at some point he became more. So, and, and Republican in Republican in the United States, that's kind of the conservative or right. And even those words, I think, mean different things, but like conservative or right leaning. Yeah, and then he clearly became more like left leaning, kind of slash liberal slash progressive, um, but still kind of maintained that he. Would I, I remember a couple of comments from him over the past several years where he said, you know, he just he really likes to handle on a candidate by candidate basis or issue by issue basis. You know, he's going to support issues that are important to him or, or his ohana, um, right. And he's going to support candidates who, you know, are doing things that are willing to do things that you know he thinks are the right things to do. Um, but I remember a report from I saw this. You know, I think we talked about it no more than a year ago. Like the, you because know, I guess on all these, all these wealthy people or whatever there's, you can get the list of who they've donated to sure. and it was 100% Democrat um, at this, for like the previous year yeah and I
0: think this talked about um, how much he backed Hillary Clinton back in what was it 2016 so yeah, yeah so I think he went in big on Hillary mm-hmm. um, of course local San Francisco politics he kind of endorsed a certain candidate well I don't, I
1: don't think, I'm not sure you have
0: much of a choice <laughs> in San Francisco do you
1: yeah there's for, a choice
0: well, not for the okay. Senate, okay, <laughs> or
1: House. I mean, if you're in San Francisco, what 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 do you think your choices are?
0: Nancy Pelosi.
1: I mean, whether it's seriously, whether it's your house, which is Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. right? She represents or whether it's, um, I mean, he's running against her. That would even have what any kind of chance. The I guess is my governor of San
0: Francisco. I think I think he backed the candidate that lost. You know who that right?
1: is? No, Gavin Newsom.
0: Oh, okay,
1: who used to be the mayor of San Francisco? Mayor. And he was I mean, married maybe. to uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Uh, she used to be on Fox News, I think, and oh, yeah. now she's I didn't like that. dating one of the Trump boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John is m- miming. Is Mm-mm. that m- miming mouthing? I'm doing. No- I'm drinking oh, my beer. Okay. Okay. Fine. John's drinking his beer. <laughs> Sometimes I wish we had. We, this is a video podcast.
0: Someone provided a suggestion for that, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, well, I don't
1: know about that. I um, did, so, did you notice that the, the Dan, your, your, your boyfriend Dan Benjamin, has started doing the podcast method podcast again? He Sorry. has. Okay, which I'm,
0: I'm thankful for because I've been contributing to that uh, for so, years now.
1: So he's changed his tune on a lot of things. Everything from like what your bit rate should be um, to well, good to video. So now, know oh, is
0: is it less because he's hosting his own environment? Now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: no, it's not. It's okay, not. Okay. Okay. He's actually finally. Because okay. he used to say like, you should never have stereo, which we do stereo, just because like on the when we like whether it's music or clips or whatever. Like, if they're in stereo, I want people to hear them in stereo. And 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 honestly, like when it's just us talking and it's there's really no stereo separation. Mm-hmm. The it's a, it's a, like a joint stereo algorithm. It doesn't waste anything on two separate channels. It's smart. MP3 smart about that even though MP3 is super old technology, like it for the past 20 years, it's had kind of this algorithm. Whereas if there's, if there's no separation between the two channels, it just, it doesn't waste the bandwidth. It just uses one channel for that time period, you know, or whatever. Anyway, um, what are we talking about
0: originally or? Well, well let's finish our current. Well, I can pop the stack. Okay. Yeah. And that is that the argument that the article is trying to make is that ever since, uh, Benioff got into the journalist, business. Oh sorry time by magazine time ma- mm. magazine. Don't forget it was it was Mark and Lynn. Is there that her name? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah that was a big deal for some reason. They they were making that a big deal. But uh just yeah. Uh, maybe because she was gonna have more input on it than him because he's so busy running a ten billion at the time company?
1: As you know, also they probably don't want to seem super. It already seems Salesforce already seems patriarchal. You know, it's so men, man dominated. It, I think I, so. I don't.
0: When I think Salesforce, I don't think patriarchal.
1: well, I mean, when they got criticized for not having any women on the
0: board, they went and they threw a oh, couple of women on the board. I mean, yeah, Salesforce on the progressive spectrum is pretty high up there. I've
1: In terms said. of their talk, it is. I mean, look uh, at. Okay, I don't know. But anyway, I mean, how often do you hear about Lynn Benioff, if That's her name. And yeah, you know. and honestly, I mean, I'm not I'm not picking on them. Certainly not picking on her because maybe she doesn't want any of the spotlight. She doesn't want to be a public figure as, as much as that's reasonable considering her husband. So that that's fine too. But it, the only actually the only reason we're mentioning her and bringing her into this is because Mark brings her into this. He he did that, I and mean, he's made sure that it's Mark and Lynn, Mark and Lynn, Mark and Lynn, especially with regard to this Time Magazine. That's the only reason i bring that up because yeah. someone either it's him or her don't want to. They, they don't want her left out of it. And that's so, if, if they both bought and are involved in Time Magazine, then it's not fair for us to just say Mark bought Time Magazine. So that's my point. It's true. Okay.
0: I've, I've been. Don't su- want to offend anyone. I've been sufficiently lectured. Okay. And um, you, you've been schooled. Now, now you're, woke. you're woken. Woke. Yes, woke. I have been awoken. Yes, you've been woken. I have been awoken. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a valid argument. I think he, he's always kind of straddled the, the fences and kind of. Try to remain neutral in anything in fact I, i've given him a lot of credit for that as oh, much as he could have i don't know that he tries to remain neutral i no, wouldn't no, say in that. his talking nah, points because he's his, he's even says he'll
1: i mean he's not divisive in his talking points uh, I, you have to give him that he doesn't go uh, out and so, say so, i'm for this and this is this. so our gender neutral bathrooms is that not divisive at all in this country anymore or is it I, <sighs> is you know they, they won't sell to a store that sells guns is that is that not divisive at all I don't think so. Okay. It's you a
0: private company making a decision on what they want to do. Well, Salesforce?
1: No. Yeah, but it, they're very, they are very—they were very vocal. I mean, they issued a press release about it. I mean, I'm just saying that's thats divisive still in this country. I mean, I think a company should be able to decide who their customers are and what they I can t- do. I agree. Do. I agree, too. I mean— Although as al- <laughs> although the same people don't want you to be able to decide who you do and don't I, do business I with. I know. I just—, it's, I just
0: it's, I think the more My district, head starts
1: My head is spinning, John
0: I don't even I get so confused yeah, about this I, I do too But at the same time I just think I think the more rules You put in place The that, more you Got a, got a uh, Viking Drinking horn over there
1: Some mead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mead with honey An autumnal mead <laughs> Honey mead <laughs> I need to get that joke Because you don't watch Bud Light commercials No, I don't Okay
0: Yes, I do You know, I watch the, the, the Bud, where the, the the king, Bud Light The guys once. like Asking the king for an, With uh, uh, What's oh. his name? I haven't seen those. Oh, they're funny as hell. Really? They're on YouTube. Okay. Especially the one where he tries the mango seltzer, and he, <laughs> they do the smile thing, and he has this like, big, just god-awful grin, and yeah, they're, they're hilarious, all of yeah, those. You should
1: put that in the show notes, John. All right, let me get to another topic, because this is devolving pretty okay. quickly. Yep, that's what the show does.
0: That's what happens when you're not prepared. <laughs> uh, Service Max. So Service Max just got an 8 million funding round, and it was led by Salesforce and Silver Lake.
1: Which is interesting, because probably led by Salesforce Ventures, right? Right. Which is a quasi-independent sure. arm of Salesforce, which is why they can invest in a CPQ company like Service. Right. No, they're not CPQ. They're they're field they're service. Field sorry. service. Yeah,
0: sorry, I'm mixing up my uh, verticals here, John. I know, and I, I assumed you would know what you're talking about, so I agreed with you instantly. And you see how you repaid my you never uh, want to uh, mix up faithfulness, my loyalty. You to never you, you never want to mix up the verticals. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no,
1: but, but so they so they have their own field service, but because Salesforce Ventures is like, hey, we're we are all about all we care about is money, whether whether it's Salesforce winning or we're helping other companies win, whatever. Like yeah. it's just your job to invest and win in investing, which is great because it if they do a good job of that, then who owns most of Salesforce Ventures? Salesforce, so it helps Salesforce's bottom line. So when you look at when you look at Salesforce's balance sheet and what's pushing them towards profitability, one of the big things is it's like. Activity from investing or whatever the hell it's called on the on the mm-hmm. balance sheet. <laughs> uh, That's good. They need they need the help. So yeah, Salesforce sure. It's, it's
0: almost a win win. I mean, you either invest in a technology that really takes off and you get your investment yeah. back, or you kind of invest in a tech in a company that has some really good people and makes them a good acquisition target.
1: That's true too. And in which case, Salesforce double wins on those years, right? But no, I think Salesforce. I can't the any examples escape me at the moment but I, Salesforce Ventures has, has had some wins where they made early investments and got, got bought out and did very well but yeah so it totally makes sense that you know Salesforce they have their own they have their own field service application but nothing to prevent them from also
0: you know uh, I really playing wish the field, field right? Was it's, playing the field. I think, it's been a while oh, here since we I've go. interacted with it but I really wish it was more here native go. I'm not going to go into okay. it okay. I've, I've gone into it <laughs> plenty of times in the past it's fine uh, so, uh, Salesforce, uh, despite uh, saying that they weren't going to do very many acquisitions, has another acquisition. But this one's weird. This one's really weird. I don't know what to think about this one. Um, they've acquired the CMO Club. I don't know what that is. I saw that. It's apparently, I was hoping you could explain it, Jimmy. It's apparently a, uh, a group of marketing professionals, uh, CMOs, CMO being chief marketing officers.
1: Now, are you saying that that's what it is because that's what the name sounds like? no that's what okay. it is okay
0: it, it, it took me a while to derive that from the marketing speak of their website but essentially that's what it is it's a kind of a group where they kind of all come together and talk and they have little conferences little private conferences so you have to be part of this club to kind of do these things but you some i guess like a toast am not a toastmasters but anyways it's a private club and you get you talk and you have conferences and you talk about what's going on and what you're doing and
1: how you're, spying, how you're the,
0: spying on your prospects. Thought leaders of the customers. group and yeah, you're talking about marketing leaders. and trends and things like that. So I don't know what their acquisition of this group means. I guess it'll help contribute to their marketing tools in that they'll have a this group, this club, to kind of provide insight and feedback into what CMOs need and want. Yeah. But uh, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard of is a company buying a Club, I, almost I, like
1: a user group. I think there's more than. I don't think we've got the story right, John. I'm just saying. You don't think we have the story right? No, I think it's. I think that's not what it is. But what I did. It? It
0: doesn't it remind me? I wanted to, of a story I wanted to tell you. I was sitting at the bar the other day. I'm yeah. going to read this line. Okay. Today I'm excited to announce that Salesforce has acquired the CMO Club, and we are welcoming founder and CEO Pete Cranick and the entire yeah, he's the CMO Pete. Club community to the Salesforce family. The club is the world's most innovative and engaged member based community of CMOs and progressive marketing leaders with more than 30 global chapters and 650 plus members from leading global brands. Well, There's no I, I, product why would Salesforce here. Buy There's that. nothing here but a group, a community, which is weird. That is weird. That is super weird.
1: That, I don't that'd be know. If like Salesforce bought, like, I don't know, the Boy Scouts or something. That's just what? like, that's, it's a yeah. non profit, private, just group thing. Yeah. I uh, don't understand. It's the didn't.
0: weirdest thing. I, I don't know what it unless it's a
1: talent acquire. Yeah, it's a way to get it's a way to give someone money. Someone someone's getting paid back. someone's
0: payday is what it is. Well maybe they want uh, Pete here um, to be part of their new CEO family. Could the be. new sea level family. Right. Like I said, they I think the last acquisition was more about, you know, shoring up the sea level like people and I think maybe this is another chance of doing that. Could be. They want to focus some more attention on their marketing Efforts, and they need some people. Yep, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. That that was very strange. By the way, someone wants to buy the the Salesforce. I'm sorry, the uh, Good sir Community. No,
1: (laughs) it's not for sale, John. (laughs) Unless the price is right. (laughs) Well, first of all, we don't have an entity, so I don't know what they would buy. Yeah,
0: (laughs) we missed the market. Yeah, no, we didn't. Uh, It's perfect.
1: I guess we talk about the virus. We're a... Um, we are a... We're like the Bitcoin of communities. Like, we're distributed. You can't buy us. You can't buy it. I mean, you can't... There's no There's no entity to buy. It's the... Uh, it's like... It's like, Git version, it's like any kind of distributed version control. Like, there's no...
0: It's what Linux was supposed to be. What do you mean? Linux was supposed to be all open source. You couldn't buy it. It was owned by the community, supported by the community, built uh-huh. by the community it was the so you can't buy Linux it was the temple of open source software you
1: can't buy Linux you can buy a company that packages Linux and provides services around Linux but you can't buy Linux it's GPL
0: Mm -hmm. so coronavirus still causing issues Uh, so Amazon Intel and Salesforce are both on the list of uh, companies that have curbed their conferences in favor of online or just canceling outright the conferences you know
1: what else has happened all the, and this happens every time there's some kind of crisis or quasi-crisis, which is all these companies that have been building up some kind of loss and been waiting for the right time to, to <laughs> declare it, right? Because you can hide these things until you're ready to shift them into the right buckets. All of a sudden, oh, yeah, geez, it sucks. We lost $500 million because of coronavirus. Yeah. It always happens every time there's something like this.
0: Oh, I kind of want to use it to not travel. I can't travel corona.
1: Yep. I don't know. My wife's traveling all week this week. I'm Mr. Mom all week. Well, oh, you better put her in quarantine when she comes back. No, cuz real people have jobs to do and turns out that this is effing ridiculous. And <laughs> if you haven't died from flu yet, you're not going to die from coronavirus.
0: You know, it, it, it ov- the, this is the this idea is, the idea of being overly excuse. cautious is relative. Meaning you are being overly cautious if nothing happens, but if something does happen, you are being very insightful. I guess they're, they're I guess they're bargaining. That it's, it's
1: going to get really hey, bad, I, and they're going to look insightful.
0: Know, we all talk about the the Dreamforce flu. You know how many people come back from Dreamforce? You know, I bet a lot of people. Pre-
1: I bet a lot more people have died from Dreamforce flu than they have died from coronavirus. No, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> That's because uh, you either have more scruples than me, or you have smaller balls than me. One of the two.
0: I'm the latter. <laughs> I'm not as brave as you to uh, <laughs> say what I really think. Well, for, if
1: if first of all, Dreamforce flu is probably not an actual distinct real thing, or maybe it is. No,
0: it's just it's just the idea that you know you come back from Salesforce and you're either you know dehydrated from all the partying and drinking, or you're just sick because you've gotten some flu from the transition. Because you sat on a elevation <laughs> <laughs> elevation to to wherever you're normally from or just you know
1: to me it's just sitting on five hours of in a re- recirculating fart tube that usually does it for me I think
0: is it five hours
1: Uh, four or five hours I think me. it's four hours yeah. four and a half hours kind of I mean for me all it takes is just getting on the thing
0: I'm trying to be positive because I have to get on a plane at the end of this month so
1: wah John I has
0: to travel I feel sorry for him
1: where are you going? Well still... So, uh, China,
0: you want to Wuhan? Alabama. Wuhan province. <laughs> Alabama. Alabama. Gotta go to Alabama. But yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. That's the thing that's happening. Conferences are getting curbed. Salesforce is banning all of their employees from travel. That's yeah, it's a way for them, up, them to up cut up costs.
1: On-site visits from your, uh, from your, it's it's an excuse for them to massively cut costs.
0: You know, when when the um, <laughs> I think that's a good thing be honest because i'm a hermit and i don't like traveling um i've always thought as a I think there's way too much travel first time there's way this too happened. much business travel still the first time this happened was was the whole 9-11 where travel couldn't happen and companies really invested in in kind of virtual conferencing type solutions and i think a lot of companies realize that they could still get stuff done without having that face-to-face but there are certain things and there are certain scenarios where face-to-face still is a, is a big thing i think um in my company in particular, where we do a lot of kind of uh, training and things like that. Yeah. And, and we found that, yes, we can do it virtual, but it's not as effective as being in person with an instructor. Yeah, especially when,
1: like, the microphone's, like, 80 feet away, like, half of the old videos that you do. Yeah. Like, I like those videos that you guys have been doing. No, we don't do those videos. Anymore. I know. I forget you did it anymore. But when you are like, those are good, except, like, give that person a lav mic or, or something. or a, Yeah, there's a lot of things. It, that 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 alone would have made those four times more impactful. That
0: was guerrilla marketing because uh, we didn't have the money to do the right thing. Yeah, you know? I understand.
1: I could I could have helped out for very very very
0: very, very cheap. Should have a beer.
1: <laughs> bought
0: you a beer. I could have bought you another steak.
1: Yeah,
0: that, I would do it for a that little, for a, sure. A little tomahawk. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Say, say no
1: more. That's all it <laughs> takes. <laughs>
0: uh, what else do we got on the, on the docket? Oh, open source. Uh, Salesforce open sources a framework they call ODQA. I was trying to find a cute way of saying it, you know, verbally. Od- like Odka. Odka. odka, odka. There's no use. So I can't say that. So yeah. Odka.
1: Odka. It's like Okta. They're trying, to, like, they're trying to make you forget what Okta is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, do you remember? By the way, do you remember? Um, what they call it? Um, it's probably gone now. As with half these announcements, Salesforce Identity. What about Identity? Salesforce Identity. I think was what they called it. What about it though? They released a product. They made a big old announcement. Salesforce Identity. Is like going to compete with Okta and all these? You know, Okta and One Log and all these things.
0: Well, it's still a thing. Is it still a thing? I think so. I mean,
1: I guess they just. It's just not a big thing. So I so mean, when like, I, when I look at this, the price, the Salesforce official price list or whatever, and you know, it's not on there. Just like database. on there and VM Cloud and all,
0: <laughs> all these other things. Well, I think I think it's it's a matter of who the intended audience is. I don't think some some random company who doesn't use Salesforce tools or hasn't made Salesforce. I'm part, not sure it exists. The central anymore, John. part of their organization. Uh, it's nothing more than so, a layer of their I, of their systems. Their systems can work. No, oh, it's a product. It's a, it was it was a product.
1: It was. No, I'm telling all, you,
0: all it really it is was its, is it was its own Salesforce. IntelliJ
1: project. They had their own IntelliJ project for it and. <laughs> I'm telling you,
0: all it is is you create a Salesforce user record, and you you publish it as an as, yeah. as an identity, and there you go. You you log in and yeah. you connect. It.
1: I'm guaranteeing someone was typing MVN package identity or something. You know, it was a separate thing.
0: <laughs> o D Q A. It okay. stands for Open Domain Question Answering. So they're this is part of their kind of ma- machine learning technology that they have that they acquired from uh, who was it?
1: Related IQ, or was that? No, it, it. was um, it's not.
0: It's not. Uh, what
1: was Brett Taylor's? The Golden Boy. Yeah, Brett Taylor. Let's see. Brett Taylor is an American computer pro- computer programmer and entrepreneur. He was the co creator of Google Maps and the Google Maps API. That's pretty cool. Um, he created a social network website, Friend Feed. <laughs> friend he also co-wrote and maintains the Tornado web server. I don't know what that is. Um, it's a scalable, non-blocking web server. Um, non-blocking. What does that mean? I don't. Know, I'm looking for it. Quip. Right? What's Quip? Yeah. No. What is Quip? Is Quip the the, the dog like Google the Google Docs thing? The document. Yes. Okay. Do you use that? You no. guys use that? No. Cost money. <laughs> 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 is, is that the is that the determining criteria?
0: Yes. We run in startup mode.
1: I thought all these companies gave startups uh, services for free. No. Yeah, Microsoft does. You no. get like th- three years of free free everything.
0: Then we're not smart enough to use this. <laughs> 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 we pay for everything. At some points, we we're paying for users that don't exist anymore. <laughs> lots of them. Lots of them. <laughs> yeah. Like thousand dollars a month. Lots of them. That's not a good business plan, John. No. Was it? It was mine something, wasn't it?
1: Oh. Um, yeah. Um, crap.
0: You have the wrong person, by the way. My, what was it? Um, MetaMind. 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 Yeah. Yeah. This show sucks. <laughs> this term does suck. <laughs> uh,. For those of Meta- listening, we are, we are recording <laughs> remotely uh, from our favorite Rattler Phil. It's been a tough couple of weeks, and uh, we're just doing our best to put together a show for you guys.
1: So Metamind's general purpose platform was designed to predict outcome for language, vision, and database tasks. Yeah. Okay, so that's where you get, what is it? E-L-N or E-L-S, what they rename it to just the other day? You, you told us? Uh, no, it was, it, it was Nerd. It was it Nerd.
0: What was, nerd. The, well, it was N-E-R. E-R-D. R- uh, what was it? N-E-R, okay. Yeah. Something Entity Neural like, entity, entity Oh crud <laughs> Salesforce Nerd uh, Back to This show sucks <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Salesforce Renewable Energy yeah. uh, Name Entity Recognition mm. Okay Because that name Just flows So that was probably off From Metamind I guess Yeah Anyways uh, so, so this particular Technology is all about Uh trying to derive uh make better sense of questions that are being asked in order to create a, ver- a better kind of verb action structure in the algorithm versus just picking out keywords and everything so i don't know i don't have much to say about it other than that it was a recent uh, open source technology i don't know it excited me at the time when i read it because i I think I might be able to try to experiment with it with some of the things that we do as a company and I'm looking to advance our technology a little bit more beyond just the simple if this then that type structure in the type of flow that we have Um, our application is based on sales training and there are a certain set of criteria and methodology that you have to kind of flow and, and answer. But there's also things that you get from the client, um, things like uh, objectives and things like that, that you need to analyze and kind of make some decisions on. Right now, it's really kind of based on the individual to kind of look and flag those and kind of make the determination of what that is. But what I would like to do is layer in a portion of the application that would kind of read it and kind of infer from that uh, feedback from the client that's logged, not necessarily spoken, and try to kind of provide some recommendations not make the decision but provide recommendations yeah. as as a possibility.
1: Now, yeah, um, do you want to use like machine learning for that or do you just want to use, you know, logic, you know, skip logic? Ultimately, it does come down to logic.
0: <laughs> but what these tools do and from from what I see and what I see the benefit of the machine learning technology is, is that it's able to kind of extrapolate from the text, the you things have a that a lot I need of to data though. About. No, you're talking about machines making decisions based on Learning experience. All I'm trying to do is is extrapolate from the context and the tone of the message or the text, and to be able to pull out the relevant information that I need to be able to pre- implement or at least apply some logical uh, mechanisms to it, if that makes sense.
1: My,
0: yeah, That's my, my theory. Gra- That's John. my theory wow, on how boring. I kind of want to <laughs> solve this particular thing that I want to implement. Uh,
1: I call you Graham. That's.
0: <sighs> that's how you know you need to wrap the show up is this show even gonna get it published it
1: is no this has been good you've, you've done a really good job considering I've contributed pretty much nothing
0: alright we've talked about politics we've talked about Corona we've talked about uh, acquisitions we've talked about uh, did we get to all the news Trailhead Trailhead Service Max, CMO yeah I think I'm done did I tell my story about Salesforce support no I didn't so I got confirmation <laughs> my control there. yourself I'm excited. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I don't have good news. Okay. So my bug that I thought I was going to get validated on and, and Salesforce was going to say, "Yeah, that's a bug. That was your we bug, need to right? fix that." Uh, they have confirmed that it's a expected behavior. Right. So this this issue where um, an org has multi-currency enabled, and the user has a locale of not US, but is using US currency. I'm close enough. <laughs> That'd be creepy, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mouth this. No, <laughs> yeah, that sounds much better. <laughs> um, they're telling me that that's expected behavior. So what is happening on my end, for those that do not know the story, is that I had users complain that after Spring 20, um, users that were had a different locale, in this case, Hindi, India, or whatever that is, um, but they were using U.S. currency. Um, so they had a locale that was India, but they were using U.S. currency, Previously, to my the best of my knowledge, because it was a capability we provided in the application, but I didn't physically test and say, okay, I'm India, and I'm going to do this format. The format that would display for currency was dollar sign U.S. currency format. So you'd see dollar sign, three digits, comma, three digits, dot, decimal point, or Number. decimal point numbers. Okay. What happened after Spring 20 was that you would get, instead of dollar sign, you would get a USD, okay. yep. and then you would get the... Um, Rupal format, which was three characters after the decimal to the left of the decimal. I so, don't think
1: that's a Rupal format. I think that's how India separates
0: digits. Okay. That's different. That's, well, either way, it would start out with three characters, and then yeah. after that first comma, it would be two characters. Right. Or two digits. Mm-hmm. So you would get three three digits, and then two digits, comma, two digits, comma, and so on. Yep. Um, and so a user... Logged a ticket and said, hey, this is, this is looking weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I researched it and I said, yeah, that's looking weird. It's not supposed to look like that. <laughs> and so I logged a, a ticket with Salesforce and they looked into it. And today is when I found out that they're saying, yeah, we finally replicated it after weeks. I mean, uh, I'll give them credit. We were talking, we were going back and forth. We had a good rapport and everything. But then ultimately they said, okay, we went to our developers. We showed them the replication of the issue. Uh, but they're saying that's expected behavior. You still do have to have the new locale um, critical update enabled to get the dollar sign. because okay. Otherwise, you get USD instead of dollar sign, which is weird. But at least when you have that enabled, you get the dollar sign, but you get the number format for India. Okay. So you get three. It's not that big a deal in I mean, the grand scheme of probably things. Probably what the typical Indians would expect, though, is the well, correct, you know, in however they separate their... Well, it their- is, but the idea was that... I'm in India and I understand that I'm looking at a US dollar currency so I expect to see three digit comma three digit comma it's not that big of a mind jump to say this this and this but it was still enough of a confusion that I had to log this ticket go through weeks of support to try to understand and there's nothing in the documentation that says this this change was happening or anything that this would happen but they're just confirming that it's that's just the way it is and I just have to go back to my client and say that's the way it is yep it's kind of Because we are
1: built on the Salesforce platform, the number one customer success. What
0: do they call it? <laughs> customer success metadata-driven platform. I Honestly, I, I, I feel like they're punting. I think it is an issue. I think they, I don't know that it is. I, I feel like it was actually a correction. There because, was actually two formats, though. Okay. There's no reason they couldn't do this. They have a num- numerical don't format... we need an
1: Indian to weigh in on this and set us straight? Why hasn't that happened? Why didn't that happen after the last show? I don't know.
0: There, there is a numerical format. So if in the uh, global namespace where you can access all of the uh, formatting for currency, there is a specific format for numbers and there is a specific format for how currencies are formatted. So you're saying
1: that the the... Okay. I'm now saying I,
0: it's okay that the numbers are formatted the way they are. Okay. Because that's based on locale. But I'm saying that the because the f- currency is set to U.S. dollar, the currency format, which does exist as a separate entity, should be U.S. currency format.
1: See, okay, here's what I don't understand being an American. Okay. It doesn't matter what the currency is. The way we use decimals and commas and numbers does not change. Right. It's just, it's a number that happens to be a unit of measurement of a some certain currency. So I don't understand when you tell me that in India, they change how they format numbers based on which currency they're using. I don't under That doesn't, again, maybe I don't understand. Maybe that's something they do in India.
0: No, but, no. Okay. The, what I'm saying is that you can say that you're, you're in a locale. You can say you're in the America locale, or you can say you're in the UK locale. Or you can say you're there in, in the India mm-hmm. locale and you're formatting like, dates and numbers will change yes. based on that. Mm-hmm. And there's a unique locale entry in the system, and there's a unique locale entry in the number format for that country. Okay. And then, secondary to that, there's a unique locale, or I'm sorry, unique currency that says I'm looking at numbers in this currency, and there's a unique entry in the metadata that says this is the currency format for that currency. However, in this case, and what I think happened after spring 20 is that it's always referencing the locale number format, even for currencies. Okay. Yeah. And even when you look at it, yeah. it does show the three digit, comma, two digit. So it's consistent, at least in that metadata. So it's not like the number is showing something different. But what I'm expecting is that because I have USD, US dollar currency, that I should get the US dollar currency format but that's not what's happening. Yeah. I still just reject the whole notion, but that's okay. Okay. You reject it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I, I do expect an Indian listener to set us straight though, because I know
0: we have Indian listeners and they're probably laughing at us right now. No, it's, it has <laughs> nothing to do with India. That just happens to be the scenario. Okay. It's just, I, I think
1: it, it, it may be an India specific thing. That don't they, you think? they have some unique thing
0: where like the number formatting changes based on what currency they're using. We have to understand the context spring 20 introduces the, well actually winter 20 introduced the new locale. Yeah. It just, this all makes my head spin though. And it's all, it's not going to get officially implemented for everyone until 21 or 22, something like that. But you can actually enable the critical update now. Um, And that's what changes the format and fixes some things. Uh, but essentially, they're moving from that, from the Java standard to this kind of. How do you like it that you never consortium.
1: know how your app is going to behave because you never know what security? I don't. What, yeah?
0: I don't. I get. Whereas before, I was kind of excited about the new release cycle because I was like, okay, new features I get to use. Now I'm cringing because I'm like, okay, what's going to break? What do I have to look at? What do I have to change? Uh, because you I need know. to make sure it's going to work. Yeah. So every 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 release cycle, I have a new epic on my board that says spring, or whatever the release is, regressions. That's my new epic, and then I start just testing and logging stuff to it when I build the environment and I start playing around. But even then, it's, a, it's it's an exploratory exercise. I run all my unit tests to make sure everything doesn't break, which consistently is fine, but then I have to actually click through and run use the app as a user as best I can to try to find any kind of inconsistencies, which is really hard when you support multi-currency multi-locale and all that kind of stuff. I, it, I essentially just pick, hand pick a few favorites and try to try to replicate issues and see if anything's going to fall out. In this case, I didn't run it as a user with a locale in India, Hindi, India, and I didn't catch this.
1: Is this horse dead yet? Yeah. Or should we keep beating it? I don't know. I was telling a story. Okay. You know what, Don? I need you to participate a little bit more in the ISV channel of our Slack. <laughs> Cause it, this actually reminded me because you were just talking about how talking about how th- different things behave differently, and depending on what your what your customers have accepted as far as security updates and all those things. Right. This question that came in today, or no, was, actually, this was a couple of days ago on the Slack in the ISV and the ISP channel. Here's the question: An EE or, e or can have fifty platform event definitions, but a DE or can only have five. Well, how does that affect managed packages? Does that mean managed packages are capped at five? Because you can install managed packages into a
0: DE org, right? Yeah. I don't know. That's why I didn't answer that question because I didn't know. Yeah, I should have done the eyeball thing though. Where's my eyeball?
1: Yeah, I do the eyeball and then the like the thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the eyeballs one, like when I'm hoping someone else answers it yeah. and I'm watching this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a, it's a. There's a lot of information for ISVs, and there's a lot of things you can glean from the it documentation. It is, man. You are on shifting sands. But yeah, it, it feels very much so as, as shifting sands because you're not really sure. It's not always spelled out what you can and can't do. Um, you know, I. You know, I, at first I thought that um, once you got approved that that was pretty much it, that they re- very rarely ever did a follow-up review on your application. Security review, I mean. But recently, there was some emails that went out that said, "Hey, make sure your technical contact for your application is updated." Let me get up on the mic because no, you, no, no, you're looking was, at the numbers. Was, now I was looking at the time. Oh, anyways, recently there was <laughs> but a, yeah, there, get up on your mic. <laughs> some, e- <laughs> <laughs> some emails that went out that that uh, said, "Make sure your your technical contact is is up because we're l- looking to do follow up reviews on uh, your applications, yeah. and you need to make sure that's up to date." So yeah, you can't rely on that one first time you passed, and then not expect to get a follow-up I mean, review. It's kind of a giant secu- Assuming that the security review is
1: is performs a useful function, it's a giant gap that you get. You, when, once you get it done, it's kind of like they they leave you alone after that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but that was kind of the impression I was getting. Was that once I passed it, I'd be okay, and I get to introduce anything I wanted. But uh, it's usually the way it worked. Uh, the way it's worked. Well, maybe not anymore because that email came out and uh, I need to make sure I'm um, the technical contact on it. So. Yep. Oh, John. Well, I think this has been a show. I think so. It's It's been something. Not one of our better ones. No, no that's okay. Is that my fault? Because I get, had all the you, topics. Hey, you get what you
1: get and you don't throw a fit. You don't
0: always get what you want.
1: No, no, no. Wait, was that the... Who, what was that? another? That was another... Um, it's another kid show. No, no, no. This is going back to you don't know any of these um, Rolling Stones songs. Oh, that was You important. didn't know the last Rolling one either Stones, last week. That's the, last week. What? That you can't always get what you want. Is that a Rolling Stones thing? Oh, my God. You
0: can't get what you want. All right,
1: well, let's wrap it up. Um. Okay, so I'm. I admit I am very behind on batch two of stickers, but I. They, it is going to go out. So, if you want to get in batch two, just send us an email info at gooddaysforapodcast dot com. Uh, put stickers in the subject and just yeah, let me know how many stickers you want, where you want them to go to. We can even do international. We can probably do India. In fact, if you will give us information on how India formats its weird currency numbers, I will send you a big old batch of stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Even if it's a Hydra i I'll do it. How's that? That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that saved the show. But... Oh yeah. yeah. It's yeah. now <laughs> a good show. Uh, and also please join our Slack if you haven't already. podcast.com. click on community and just put in your email address so you can uh, get you could receive the
0: proper invitation. Yeah. It is manual, so please be patient. I do my best.
1: Other than that, leave like us, us reviews. Shares. Yeah, love to get a review. Tell I haven't your had friends. Had a review in a while. Tell your friends. You have got to grow this community. I don't know why, but I just you know that's what they tell well, us to do. Yeah, I mean it. it increases the it's the network effects. It increases the value. The bigger the community is, the the more value it creates for itself. Yeah. And it's a value that pays itself back into the community. No one, we don't have anyone extracting value from the community. We're not, you know, selling ads. We're not selling email addresses, any of that crap. It's, we are doing this because we want to do it. And everyone that's involved in this community is doing it because they want to do it. And all the value stays inside the community. It's a very thing. It's an important thing to understand because, n- you know, not all communities are like that. Not all Ohanas are like that, John. <laughs> <laughs> can't use the Ohana anymore. I know. Oh, you can't. It's, it's appropriation. Yeah. Well, that's why we don't call ourselves an Ohana no. or community call ourselves the army that did too we're an army actually we didn't call ourselves that we're a the community called us that we're a friendly army we don't even have any guns we just we'll hit you with our feathers
0: (laughs) (laughs) i wish we had video for that (laughs) and to that i say good day sir you get nothing you lose
1: good day sir